When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com It's Dave here and I'm with my wife, Kathy. Hello. And you're listening to The Cinemile where we walk to the movies. Today, we're not walking, we're not going to the movies, we're just sat here still thinking and talking about Avengers Endgame. Dave is still thinking and talking about Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <And> Kathy's <laughs> suffering slash listening. So I'm still so obsessed with this movie. I went again last night. I've been talking about it non-stop to anyone who will listen. I'm not very popular at work anymore. Dave, um, you were never popular at work. <laughs> <laughs> Dave also has a WhatsApp message group that I see popping up all the time on his phone that's called Avengers Endgame. Yeah, a lot of guys I used to work with have set up, uh, shout out to Emmanuel, who's, who's set up in a, a WhatsApp group called Endgame with like 20 of us where we just talk about Endgame all day. <laughs> and like, I, and got it on, I got it on like Saturday and Sunday, but like you're still getting messages like a week later. I get sometimes I, I pick up my phone and there's 64 messages and they're all from the end game group and it's all <laughs> so I basically see this is where you kill it for me like I loved the movie and now you've ruined it already but actually so... we to be fair we both thought after the last podcast first of all we were very proud of ourselves that we were able to speak about it as much as we did because we were like so excited and we literally recorded the second we left the cinema so we covered loads but there was loads of things we wanted to cover that we didn't and then secondly obviously there's like been loads yeah. of like analysis on it since and Dave knows all the things that have been going on and there's loads of fun facts and easter eggs and, and yeah. stuff so so this episode we're not going to talk about the movie per se or our thoughts of the movie or like how we feel about the movie because go listen to our uh, last episode on the Avengers which is our raw instant reaction to that and basically we loved it but we thought we'd just dedicate this episode to the bits we didn't get to talk about because it's a three hour movie and we ended up missing some key moments yeah so if we um, had wanted to talk about it and just forgot you just forget you know and then you get home and, and you're like oh yeah that bit and the, uh, 
and so we want to address some of that um, there's also um, we, we also put out a call out on Twitter for um, anyone to send in suggestions for things they wanted us to talk about or get our thoughts on so mm-hmm. we've got we've got quite a few back picked out a few here so uh, Emily Radford um, asked us to talk about the character development of Nebula or Scarlet Witch why don't we do both what do you think about Nebula's character in this oh look I'm probably not the best person to ask because I don't really remember her in other movies if I'm honest um, which probably speaks a lot about the fact that she's barely been in it I, I think yeah like it's interesting it's, she's kind it, of an integral part of this movie it's interesting for somebody to meet their past selves and have been so different from their past self yeah but I like the movie didn't have time to do anything with it like I would say the character development was like slim to none I agree she doesn't get when you compare to um the sort of full character journeys that a lot of the other characters have hers doesn't progress as much as it did in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 which is where she um, basically betrays Thanos and joins the team yeah and um, see I don't remember any of that so really this was just uh, two different versions of Nebula playing off against each other but she was very crucial to the plot and had a much larger role than I would have expected I mean uh, old Nebula is, was pretty hardcore to go into the future and like want to destroy the whole planet like she's was really into her dad <laughs> wouldn't do that for my dad sorry dad I know you won't be listening <laughs> no well he didn't train you as a killing machine <laughs> and constantly torture you and uh, turn you into so- cybernetic give you cybernetic enhancements no Ka- but also these cybernetic enhancements were completely purchased by herself yeah, yeah. Um, what annoyed me about Nebula though and um, is that like she need, she her future self wasn't smart enough to realise that when she went to the past that she would like what wires would be crossed and I feel like she should have known that. Also, a bit that bothered me last night, watching it again, and I agree with what you said, um, a bit that bothered me last night was that, so she's about, they, they get her and Rhodey get the Power Stone and they're about to teleport back, mission accomplished, right? But then she gets the, oh, my head's sore because I'm transmitting Yeah, leave right, right now. But then it stops and then she goes, oh no, Thanos knows. And so she goes to warn um, Hawkeye and, and Black Widow because he'll be going for the soul stone or whatever even though he doesn't know where that is um, but maybe he'll get it from her memories anyway she tries to warn that can't get in touch and then at that point her um, ship gets taken by Thanos but at that point why didn't she just time travel back in time get her get the stone oh no the other guy had the stone Rhodey had the stone you've completely I've no idea what you're, I've no <laughs> yeah, idea what you're talking, talking about I mean basically she just She's just another female character that's really poorly written in this saga, right? Let's be real. Um, yeah, look... She's literal cannon fodder in this movie. Well, let's move on to Scarlet Witch because I'm conscious we can't... She's one of the few permanent her. deaths in this movie, her past self. Yeah, which did nothing for me. I don't yeah. really care. And no. like, she's still around anyway, so who cares? Yeah. Um, Scarlet Witch kind of barely in this, shows up at the end, gets angry about Thanos. Um, and then he has a good line where I don't even know who you are. Um, and she's like you will now and, and then it's like she does nothing and then she gets some yeah so she doesn't really have any character development Again, it's, so I'm going to say no character development it, for either it really does speak to Marvel's yeah. treatment of women in these movies so thank you for the question because it's an interesting one to reflect on because it's just none and I well unless you, I'd love to hear if you think different okay well actually let's segue right onto that because um, at Revisited um, podcast asked the asked us to talk about the end battle the bit where the women assemble uh, oh god they, I'm so annoyed I didn't talk about this last time I'm so glad you've asked that question again I've already forgotten that I wanted to talk about it but um, 
there was an organic well not, not organic it's scripted and, and directed but there was a moment at the end of the last Avengers movie Infinity War where either Red Witch or Scarlett Johansson so, one of them saves the other and somebody says you're on your own now oh, don't quote me on it somebody said something like you're on your own now and then another woman showed up and said she's not alone she's got me two of them showed up yeah two and it was a lo- maybe three. it was a lovely moment it felt I felt like it was genuinely cool I was really pleased to see it and then they did Captain Marvel after that which is like a female lead which as we spoke about at the time when we did a Captain Marvel review was like pretty much a joke that it took them 20 minutes movies to do it but they did it and then this movie comes along and Captain Marvel is completely sidelined and then this scene was so embarrassing I actually like squirmed and like shrank in my seat it was like it, first of all it didn't work right I don't think it was whether or not it was all women the way they did it was a weird moment where like the battle almost like paused and yeah. suddenly they're all together and it made no kind of logistic or like it geographical made no sense. sense yeah why would why would in why would they all be in that spot yeah when they're all fighting off and there's like a pause where they all like breathe of- and like sit and like stand tall together and it just made no sense um, and there was too many of them and it was like look we've loads of women in these films and it just like showed I think how Marvel view women in these movies which is like tokenistic I agree with you I think it well your opinion's more important in this, in this matter but no your opinion's important too um yours is more relevant <laughs> yeah. shall we say um, I thought it came across as patronising yeah. as well it was like in Marvel when they played like, I'm just a girl oh, they should have played that yeah. again because it worked so well in Captain Marvel no, that was awful. they should have done it in this one too it just felt like um, t- a box ticking exercise it felt like an absolute it felt like a, a giant multi-million corporation responding to a cultural movement in the clunkiest way possible yeah Right. Well, but it also highlighted their problem, which is that they haven't truly developed any female friendships over the entire franchise. Like all the best friend moments are either between two men or a man and a woman, like Scarlett Johansson and yeah, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, that's what kind of good about Captain Marvel had that refreshing female. Yeah, with her friend. Her so this highlighted planet. that because putting them together felt inorganic and weird because they're never together. So it just oh, doesn't yeah, work. Oh, good point. I hadn't thought of that. Whereas when you put like Captain America together with anyone, you're like, oh yeah, they've had years of history because they've spent loads of time developing their relationship and none of this stuff's been developed. All right, good point. Well, phase four, maybe they'll correct that. Um, Peter Robson on Twitter uh, just wrote the words, America's ass. Oh, I love that. I was <laughs> talking about that too. That was so funny. I love that. And then I loved when he looked over his own kind of comatose body and, and looked at it. <laughs> yeah, that is America's ass. Yeah. But I thought that was a nice little um Also he's got a lovely bum. It was a nod to the fact Tony saying that does not that costume does nothing for your ass is kind of maybe alluding to the fact that that's a shit costume. It was the worst Captain America costume. Because it? it was even yeah, it's the one from the two thousand twelve Avengers. It was I didn't know worse. what he was talking about because it looked the same to me. Well you're wrong. Because oh. it's the worst one. because uh, it's even worse than the one from the first Avengers, which the first Avenger, sorry, um, Captain, the first Captain America movie in the 40s. He had this really cool costume and then they kind of updated it when he got to modern day and uh, it just looked, it actually looked like someone in cosplay. Oh, so it's a nice little fan thing basically but it also works on two levels because so. for me it really worked not knowing that because it was just funny. And there's a lot of that. And speaking of little Easter eggs and stuff, um, Daniel Bennyworth Gray who's at Gray on Twitter and is definitely worth a follow because he's very a very very funny man um, he actually wrote 
a whole piece on Letterboxd about all the um, um, little things you may not have noticed in, in Endgame uh, and he sent it to us um, and said you may address any of the exceedingly astute observations made here and uh, and he had a great one about um, the town New Asgard um, that where they settled the Asgardians is actually the same town that appeared in the very first Captain America movie where they found the where the Red Skull finds the Tesseract oh cool that is, is a nice little stuff. how did he know that because it's on the sign apparently the oh, same, the okay. same uh, in Norway or something oh that's cool it's a nice little touch I um, love when they do little fan service things like that and there's loads of I mean look I, mean, I wouldn't notice them but. there's articles online um, listing all these easter eggs and stuff there's vid- YouTube videos there's a wealth of information on the internet about all of this stuff so and a lot of you have probably already heard of this but all of this but I think most I'm, normal viewers won't though like I'm not yeah so I, well I'm going to reel off a few of the, what, the, my favourite ones here uh, Howard the Duck is in the battle um, at the really? very end yes somebody spotted him somebody somebody on Twitter was watching a leaked camera version of this for the second time uh, because there are you know I don't condone that kind of thing but um, there's you know people record this stuff and put it on the internet and then he was watching Dave Corkery does not agree with that behaviour no the, the, nor does the FBI <laughs> um, actually if I did I certainly wouldn't tweet about it video piracy is a crime <laughs> do not accept it <laughs> Would you steal someone's car? (laughs) (laughs) That's your tracking mate. (laughs) Train spotting. Remember that one? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, You always take the joke one line too far and ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know how true this one is, but somebody calculated the the running time of all 22 uh, Marvel, or sorry, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies so far. And it um, roughly equates at 3,000. 3,000 minutes? I love you 3,000 minutes. Which, if if it's true, is quite quite something. Yeah, that annoyed me. Basically, anything Robert Downey Jr. does annoys me. No, stop. I I mean Iron Man, sorry, not Robert Downey Jr. Um... I'm still I actually bawled again last night at his at his death <laughs> oh somebody tweeted us the best thing about his funeral because we forgot to say this as well but when they were panning out of uh, Iron Man's oh, the boy funeral, was there and we couldn't like, figure out who he was everyone's really yeah. significant and then this random boy <laughs> and then really annoyingly Captain Marvel and uh, Nick Fury are in standing together which someone also tweeted us which I had meant to say was so annoying because like we just watched a whole movie about their friendship and we know they haven't seen each other in years and then they're just like each standing on their own no, it's like would have been a nice thing to see them together no but I think that's okay because it finishes on Nick Fury and that's where the whole thing started the whole thing yeah but it could have started... finished on him with him standing next to Brie Larson mm, yeah but why it's... is she there like she's in there. she met Tony Stark for like four minutes she, she rescued him so <laughs> Why is she at his funeral? Like it's she, none of her we kind of talked about this last week, but she was wasted in this movie. Yeah, to- totally. The more I thought about it, like because at the time, I mean, I loved the movie and I was like buzzing afterwards. Clearly, <laughs> when Dave played it back, because naturally we have to listen before we publish it, I was like thinking that David like was fast forwarding it or something. But we we're just speaking so quickly. We were so excited, and because we're both from Cork, and people in sport in Cork speak really quickly, and we do as well. And then when we get excited, we speak really quickly. Some amaze anyone understood us. But anyway, sorry. Quick, quick side note about Captain Marvel as well. Back to the um, the haircut. The moment well, someone else, our friend Nick, messaged me about the haircut. I mean, it was awful. Again, you I had it was an awful haircut. 
Yes, I don't oh. know what they were doing to her hair. I had totally meant to say that it was an awful haircut, and Brie Larson did not deserve it. Maybe it's from the comics. It's the only justification. Yeah. So that moment where all the women, so Peter Parker's there, and uh, he gives the the gauntlet to Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, and Miss Marvel's much better name, Captain Marvel, and then uh, he says, uh, "You know, that's an awful." Long, it's an awful haircut you have. <laughs> <laughs> he says, that, "Oh, honey, who cut that the line for you?" Is something like that's an aw- that's that, how are you going to get there alone? And they say she's not alone or whatever. And they all show, but like th- not, we've discussed why that moment is stupid. But it's also stupid because she's the most powerful person in the universe. She doesn't need fucking um, the antenna woman from Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy next to her. Do you know what I mean? And oh, like, another funny side note, ra- raccoon, when he said... Nobody can help her. When the raccoon the said sh- about he misses all his friends and then he yeah. said, and antenna lady. But back to the <laughs> I guy... I can't remember her name either. The, the guy at Tony Stark's funeral, someone had tweeted us that apparently he's from Iron Man 3, which I haven't seen... Yes, that's a fact. So, so that's he, a quite a good callback. He's call the back. boy from Iron Man 3. You, just, been... you saw Iron Man 3 in the cinema with me. Did I? In Australia when it came out. Yeah. Oh, no... <laughs> you have such an incredible capacity for not remembering movies. We're one week past <laughs> this movie and you're already struggling. Where does I struggle with Iron Man because I hate him and I would but you also... strongly query that I saw that in the cinema. Because only... I never saw Gwyneth Paltrow in a suit. Never. It, it was your first ever Iron Man movie and you really liked it but you said you find him annoying. But you thought the movie was really good. Are you sure you didn't go with somebody else? Ben Kingsley was in it. And there was a big thing with it. Oh, anyway. No, no. Kathy, it's like it's it's like you you just can't remember this life we led together. It's like going to it's the, like this twenty-two movies. movies in the series, <laughs> and I can't remember them all. I think I remember them really well. And anyway, that, yes, he was the boy from Iron Man Three. It's kind of a nice touch. It's but, lovely. But How good for the actor though? He got to go on that set for a few days. Yeah, I know it's pretty cool. He must However, have been loving it. But it for I think for almost everybody who didn't you know before you google it afterwards nobody's gonna look at that and be like oh my god the kid from Iron well, Man 3 well if you had just done a rewatch of Iron Man 3 he might look similar no he's like 10 years older or whatever well but I was like, watching a movie last night and uh, Hayley Joel Osment showed up and I recognised him immediately okay so fine. I beg to differ so far point prove it then I'll stand down <laughs> um, there's a there's a great little um, like running uh, thing with uh, the Russo brothers hiring commu- actors from the TV show Community to show up in um, Avengers and Marvel movies. Right. In, in all the ones they've Who's made. in this one? Because they used to direct Community. Oh, I didn't know that. They were uh, they were directors on it. So Ken Jeong was in this one. He was the security guard. And also Yvette Nicole, Nicole Brown was the woman in the lift um, in the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters who's looking suspiciously at um, Captain America and... Uh, and Tony Stark oh yeah I meant to oh that's interesting about the community thing that is cool I love that but um, it was interesting that when they went back to the past they had no real conflict they just both they got the thing and left but they tried they had her saying oh these two suspicious looking men as if something was going to happen and then that was never followed through that was like the one like thread where I thought if they missed a scene it was just trying to push it was just trying to create a bit of tension really yeah but it just fell too flat there was no real tension in any of that they they didn't face any conflict they just did that effortlessly that's what I mean they were obviously trying to build a sense of that that didn't happen watching it again last night it was you know, it was a fun section. I loved all the 1970s stuff. But their plan is nonsense. 
Like, and I know they made it up as they went along, but it's actually like something from a cartoon. Well, they've no plan. They just both nodded at each other silently and but went backwards. No, but it's literally a cartoon in that Captain America, like, calls calls Michael Douglas and says, there's a package for you over us after. the 70s, it was a much simpler time. You better come down here. And then he runs away. One of then, our men is exploded. And then Captain America goes, and, uh, and all these sound effects happen, I believe. Um... Anyway, it's, uh, Danny Pudi, um, also from Community, was in... Um, Are you still listing off Community? Winter actors? Soldier. Oh my <laughs> Don- God, I thought we were done with that. Donald I said, that's Glover, great, I love it. Donald Glover you can really was in stop Spider-Man. Going through it. Jim Rash was in Civil War. And they've almost done them all. They just need Alison Brie, Joel McHale, Gillian Jacobs. So they've not almost done them all. And maybe Chevy Chase. So they need <laughs> yeah, yeah. four more yeah, people. They're getting there. They're getting through it. Um, can we talk a bit about the time travel? Because I, I mean, we talked. That's one thing we really did cover last time. No, I but we oh didn't, no, wait! Then, I didn't when we got home, it. we talked about it for like yeah. an hour. Because I didn't, I honestly didn't understand it at the time, and I normally am pretty good with time travel stuff. I, I'm kind of obsessed about it, but I think you it, obsess about time travel. I think it through. How many times a day do you think about it? <laughs> How many times the same amount you think about Iron Man three? Um, the it kind of threw me, I think, because it was so kind of such a different direction that every other movie that's takes, what I mean it was, was clever so it was cool it. no no I agree and it was clever but I had to like read several articles after maybe the you should have listened to your wife who explained it no to. you actually did explain it com- very completely well but I didn't understand it as you were explaining to me at the time so I feel like either I'm a complete idiot or the movie didn't do a good enough job of explaining No, the it. movie explained it so well and you were just probably had so much adrenaline coursing through your veins and you're so excited and you're so used to time travel being presented in a certain way that I think you just Okay, but there's, there's the one bit that still doesn't make sense though. And I have read people trying to explain this away but I still don't think it makes sense. So... I just wish our listeners there, could see you right now. Dave is frenzied, right? He's pointing his finger. His eyes are bulging. Stop interrupting, right? <laughs> Your eyes are bulging. Pay attention to the blackboard, which I have which I've drawn here. Okay, right? there's no blackboard. Okay. <laughs> Let them use their imagination. Okay. Imagine the blackboard from Back to the Future, right? Um, which you probably don't ever remember seeing. No, I don't know what um, you're talking about. Right. So, so there's a blackboard. There's a blackboard. Oh my god, this is going to be the longest podcast ever. There's straight so straight line is time. Then you go back in time and you change something and it veers off just yeah. just like she did um Tilda Swinton did and so you by changing something you create an alternate timeline. Yep. Okay? Now in back to the future logic, the the if you go back to to the future, then you stay in that original timeline. That is you sorry, you stay in that alternate timeline. Yeah. So you've changed something. Now, yeah. now Biff I get is, it. Now Biff is in charge. Yeah. Get it. Um, but in this, which is really clever, you you don't. You've just created an alternate timeline, but you'll still go back to the point you came from, which is where everything was as you left it. Um, but you've messed up everyone else's timeline. But by, ta- yeah, by taking an infinity stone away, you've taken it away from that timeline and brought it into yours. Mm-hmm. So you're damning millions of people in that timeline. Right? That's, That's why they had to bring the time stones back to exactly. the time before they were stolen. Exactly. Um, so I understand all that now, but what? Well done. What doesn't make sense? <laughs> Thank you for explaining something to me that I understand already. But can you explain to me, at the very end of the movie, when Captain America goes back, just him being there and marrying Peggy Carter creates an alternate timeline because she married someone else and had two kids, so he's living in an alternate timeline. 
So how does he end up on the bench in the timeline he left? Really easily explained. Go on. So he's probably like he's probably gone. He he went knows how to go to seventies and collect those vials, right? Yeah. He probably had a, he probably had like two of them, so he probably went back, lived no, his no. best life with Peggy, and then came back to this one at the very end, so we could see his friends before he died. Oh, and then goes right back. Okay, no, so- I'd say he just stays there. Then he's oh, he's about to drop dead, probably. But then, how did he get back there? Because he would have had to come back to the platform. No, you don't need a platform. If you're in the past, you can get yourself back to the future. None of them had a platform when they were in the past going back to okay, the future. Okay, because he did actually take four vials. That's what I'm saying. I'd say he travelled back from that time. I'd say, I think you can explain it. What you can't explain, and this is something we did debate a lot, was, well, you can explain it if in the next movie they do this. The Black Widow problem. Yeah, so yeah. the Black Widow problem is that, um, and we had I had also been to talk about this part where um, Gamora died in the last movie and it was like quite sad and we really like Gamora because she's a cool character. And then in this movie, like, Scarlett Johansson dies in the exact same way which annoyed me because I'm like oh they killed off basically the two female leads in the same way uh, to like to satisfy some, to give something to a man um, so that was all annoying me anyway but then Dave pointed out a really clever paradox which is do you want to explain it? Yeah so so they make a big deal about how Scarlett Johansson's death cannot be undone and Hawkeye's like no can't be undone cannot be undone impossible right and then even Hulk says I clicked my fingers and I tried I just couldn't bring her back it was impossible um, however Gamora is back like and it's not exactly. the exact same version of Gamora but it's a younger version of her from say an alternate timeline and now she's just in this timeline and like also Scarlett so, Johansson's from like a week ago so like grand, exactly. get her back exactly so, and you have time travel yeah so go to yesterday like the day before Scarlett Johansson died pull her out of there now you've created a different timeline where she oh wait there's the problem you've created a different timeline where she doesn't sacrifice herself and they don't get the stones so therefore the world dies oh yeah so they can't do it but like I'm absolutely positive they haven't written Scarlett Johansson out so I think something like that's going to happen well she's got her own movie coming up which is um, I think and it's obviously going to be a prequel but I think just I think that kind of undermines it doesn't it a bit it just what it does is it's basically they've realised they've like the original Avengers have basically all had their own movies and they should have given her one at the start because we only ever met her as like a side character we're never that invested in her they blew it they should have given her one at the start and they're trying to somehow like retcon that and it's just not going to work now because it's not interesting to watch a prequel story about someone you've known for like 20 movies it's just not interesting yeah and whereas I gotta... like when you're first introduced to Thor or Ant-Man it's amazing because you've never seen them before and for me I'd never heard of the characters so it was like genuinely interesting she was genuinely crying out for some character development yeah. as well she had some really good moments in Winter Soldier and a couple in Age of Ultron and they gave her a bit to do but other than that she was just kind of a cheesy I've um, never really got any sense of her though no no sense of her and to be fair the, this movie they did kind of double down on that because I guess they knew they were going to kill her yeah um did you want to talk about the um, about Captain America's beard? Because a lot of people on Twitter think you do. Oh, yeah. So basically, it's not much, but I was gutted that the first scene with him, he was shaving his beard, because, or one of the first scenes, because he's so much more attractive with the beard. That was mainly it. I don't know why he did it. But then somebody on Twitter said, probably, because, which makes sense, probably because they had to go back and shoot like him alongside his past self. And he couldn't have had a beard because then he couldn't have pretended to be his past self. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, so and somebody thing- else, somebody else tweeted us that uh, it would look weird with the mask on as well. Yeah, Possibly. I just think he would just—he's such a—he's like he really suits a beard. Like I think it's an awful shame for him to have lost it. He, 
I don't know I what mean, it he is. suits Snowbeard as well. He's a ridiculously handsome man. No, it like the beard elevates him. I think he could do with the beard. Okay, speaking of other um Avengers Also, yeah, that's all I like to say on the beard. He looks much hotter it. with the beard. Okay. <laughs> it's a very, job. very so, shallow analysis. Speaking <laughs> of other Avengers who changed their appearance, um I thought we should talk about the You've done extensive notes. Dave's done extensive notes for this episode. Well, there's there's so much there's so much conversation about this in Game of Thrones at the moment. Like the internet's like lit up. Oh my god! Um, Monday in work was Endgame, Game of Thrones. Uh, Tuesday, Game of Thrones, and then Line of Duty, which we still haven't caught yet. But we're gonna watch tonight, and like people were so excited at work. It was really fun. Like like because you know people say there aren't water cooler moments anymore. Well, there was three this week. Yeah, just really cool. Huge ones. Yeah. Big pop culture events that were ten years in the making. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, so uh, th- there was a backlash um, about the Thor. Um, uh, fat suit or what, however they did it or Thor becoming um, overweight yeah um, in which a lot of and I read some of the the critiques and some of them I thought had some had some fair points um, what were they saying well look I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and that is, all this is available online for an, for anyone to read both sides of the argument but the because um, they were basically saying that it's they they made him overweight and then made a joke out of it it was used for comedic effect um, which is well A fat shaming people who are overweight and B I think there was one woman on Twitter had an interesting thread I forget I forget who she was but she said that Thor experienced um, trauma um, and like became dangerously overweight and an alcoholic because of it and then it was played for laughs Whereas Tony Stark experienced, like, became completely underweight and it was uh, considered very seriously. Now, I don't think that's a fair comparison and I don't quite agree with that argument. Well, there's a di- there is a difference between... First of all, I would say I totally appreciate... I actually do appreciate that feedback and I hate when people use um, weight as a, as a joke. And, like, a movie that I saw last year, which I really despised, was I Feel Pretty. And I thought that really went down the road of fat shaming. I think this one's a little bit different because... A, I wouldn't say he was dangerously overweight. I think what it was, I think for me the implication was just muscle gone to sea, like muscle that's muscle that's lost its mass. If that makes sense. Yeah. And somebody used to be really muscly who isn't, which you see happens. People who like used to play rugby and they don't, right? You often see they're not fat. They just your muscle has to go somewhere unless you're going to go running twenty miles a day to burn it off. But I, I, I think what's was difficult with this situation is because Chris Hemsworth is always a comedic character. So I think if if he'd never if if suddenly Robert who's like Captain America's a very straight character if suddenly Captain America gained weight and then people are making a joke of it it would have been really um, off kilter and weird but because Chris Hemsworth always plays everything he does for comedy I I, but I I totally get like he's clearly got has like PTSD and is like very traumatised and but I think I think part of the joke was and it is funny to think of a what's funny what was funny to me was that you think of like a, a god right and he's now like living like a student and playing like Xbox and like hanging out with his friends and like drinking and like that's a funny scenario. Yeah, see, I'm with you. I like, think I think, but the I understand humor, the criticism. I think the difference. I I actually don't see an issue with it in this instance. I think the humor isn't about the fact that he's put on weight. The humor is the scenario, and that's exactly. like a part of it. I think the humor. Though I have to say, I've not read anything about it. The humor is derived here from um, the surprise factor because they, here is a character 
who is ridiculously chiselled and chiselled and literally a god. Yeah. Who has completely changed. And his so clothes, that, like he's in a hoodie, he looks dirty. He's like, like yeah, I agree. I don't think it's funny to make jokes about alcoholism. Alcoholism, actually, I don't. Well, um, and and that is a little tricky because they they lure him onto the ship with beer. There's beer on the fridge on the ship. Well, that was like, one of the few lines of this movie actually that kind of fell flat because that didn't make sense because Thor had a house full of beer. So Thor didn't need beer to get on this ship. Yeah, that like that just was a bit odd. Anyway, but no, so, I totally, I appreciate the criticism, I do. No, but I'd I, I just like to um, finish my point. I think the, I think that it's, I don't think that the movie was making fun of him for being fat and none of the characters did. The only line that comes to mind is when his mother said, you should eat a salad. But, Nobody else, everyone else looks surprised, but the movie doesn't make fun of him for being overweight. But the camera does linger on his body. But the camera's always yeah. lingered on his body. That's the thing. If you That's follow any time he's been you're on actually, screen. You're flipping, you're, you're, you're flipping people's expectations. To, to, That's where the humour is coming from. I think now, however, I think it, first of all, um, very keen to hear anyone else's thoughts and feedback on this. And I think, and I think it's unfair on the reverse of this argument the people who've shot down these the people trying to have this conversation for being uh, whatever the usual criticism level of them snowflakes or whatever but like but it's a really interesting conversation I think this is an interesting conversation and I think we need like um, if we don't address whatever um, biases are running through our society then nothing changes and I don't agree with it with it in this instance personally but um, I totally get it. But I think that if you don't hold up a mirror against what we the stuff we don't even notice we're doing, then nothing changes because um, otherwise, like we'd still have Eddie Murphy making the Nutty Professor movies. Like I don't feel like that's fat shaming. That's literally creating characters where the joke is, haha, they're fat and they eat loads. Yeah, where the joke is right? here is or like a Norse god is a Norse god is living in like a darkened room and playing Xbox and like fighting with a 13 year old over the I phone. feel like it's a bit more subtle but look all op- all opinions are welcome and I think it's good that these conversations are being had um, I'm conscious we're going on a bit long here um, I think another thing I wrote down was it's weird that um, Steve Rogers is now going to have to bump into Peggy Carter's niece even though he's totally made out with her <laughs> in a movie and now he's married to Peggy Carter's niece is Her that aunt. she was the woman who was from Revenge, Revenge. yeah uh, I mean I think that's not one of his concerns also a lot and, in that, and he won't have made out with her because she's a kid no but he did make out with her in her alternate future yeah I mean I think now you're getting is this like is this where your whatsapp group is gone is this how <laughs> desperate you guys are to no, that, was that. that was on my mind at the last scene yesterday was it I also but um, I've, I'd forgotten he was with her niece it's just a bit weird and um, there's a lot of movies a lot of people have pointed out that there's a lot of movies referenced in this movie other movies that have actors from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in them like so for instance um, Robert Downey Jr. calls Thor Lebowski who's played by Jeff Bridges yeah who is the villain from the first Iron Man that Robert Downey Jr. faced off against right so either you accept that in this so there's two options either in this world um, 
Obadiah, whatever his name, from the first Iron Man, who was Robert Downey Jr.'s nemesis, just happens to look a lot like Jeff Bridges, which is the um, Ocean's 12 play. Right. Where they recognise that Julia Roberts' character looks like Julia Roberts. Or in this world, Lebowski was played by a different actor. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So who? So actually, give us your alternate casting for um, for the Big Lebowski, please, in the MCU. And what are you asking me? Or no, I'm asking, asking Twitter. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Hot Tub Time Machine as well. Oh, um, I love Hot Tub Time Machine. The Winter Soldier, forget his name. Um, was Bucky. the villain in that? Oh. I mean, Dave. I think we we should just. Go now. Are you enjoying all so these boring. Tricks? Are you kidding me? Is this your life? Is this how you live your life? I find this <laughs> stuff fascinating. <laughs> all right. Go on, let's go. Okay. I um, feel like you've been trying to get out of this podcast episode since since minutes. Do you know one. what? It's really fun. We we've we do bonus episodes sometimes, but we've never done a bonus like a second take on a movie. So I don't really think fun. we'll ever do it and again I, after I mean this. it needs to be a movie this movie warrants it, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but we do do bonus stuff over on the Cinemile High Club we do on Patreon, on Patreon which is pretty much like this but a little tighter <laughs> if, if basically if you like listening to us going in nitty gritty details about things we do it over <laughs> on our Patreon currently we're doing it uh, on Game of Thrones specifically um, and uh, basically yeah it's just us two sitting on the sofa talking through TV and retro movies and uh, it's it's nice because we're a bit more organised when we do them at home because when we do the cinema we're like we've just left the cinema it's an instant take it's so much fun but we do often end up kind of missing things that we wanted to say so I'm glad we rectified it for Endgame now Dave are you going to do a third episode about Endgame are you going to find someone else enough, desperate enough to do I've got to close out the trilogy <laughs> <laughs> I mean no, no doubt think... your group is going to kick off when you tell them you've done <laughs> a bonus I, I episode I think I'm going to stop stop talking now are you going to send the group this episode I'm going to stop talking publicly about Endgame and just enjoy it in my own mind I kind of I mean you s- can go again it's going to be in the cinema for months so it's on it's way to be a two billion dollar movie beating Avatar which everyone's quite pleased about because Avatar is like not particularly memorable Um yeah, it's, it's quite some, it's quite a juggernaut. Short lived Avatar was as a phenomenon, wasn't it? Well, no, there's like ten of them coming back, isn't there? Oh yeah, I mean the world is hungry for more <laughs> Avatar, so yeah, bring it on. Anyway, let's 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 go to bed. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Um, tweet us Facebook, Instagram at the Cinemile. Uh, let us know what you thought of it. You're already doing that. What you thought of Endgame? And if you haven't subscribed on iTunes, please do head over to iTunes and subscribe at the Cinemile, and we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. That's it. Bye. Bye. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>